0: global business insights podcast from ps learning featuring your hosts dr charlotte de brabant and max kent bringing you the leading global experts and thought leaders from all industry sectors to give you cutting-edge key insights into the future of business, technology, and thought leadership. Hey
1: guys, thank you all so much for joining in today. Our mission is to drive thought leadership for all of our industry professionals, supply chain, procurement, and create thought leadership with all of the new topics to come. So today I'm joined with my partner in crime, Max Kent. Thanks,
0: Charlotte. Great to be here. Great to be recording the podcast with you all. Today, we're delighted to have our first episode featuring our special guest today, Philip Greenwald, CEO of Highwave.co and former Associate Director of Technology, Harvard Innovation Labs,
1: Phil Greenwald, a good friend from New York, from the Taiwan. We did a lot of work at Harvard in tech and Phil actually works in the field of generative AI, um, chat GPT plugins, and he's specializing with his company on QSAR, high wave, actually looking at building plugin solutions, integrated solutions for companies out there, building the whole chat GPT functions. So uh, today I'm, I'm thrilled that he could take time from his very busy schedule to, to join us and just talk a little bit about how all of these plug-in solutions and the future of, of AI is really going to impact industry, our jobs out there, but I would say procurement and supply chain in in, in general. Thank you so much for, for being here. It's great to have you. Phil, would you just like to go ahead and introduce yourself today for our listeners?
2: Yeah, sure. So it's uh, good to be on uh, the podcast, Charlotte uh, and Max. Thanks for having me. So. Um, I've been in the tech world for um, about a decade at this point. Um, I've been teaching technology for a long time. I I founded um, a coding bootcamp way back when uh, when coding bootcamps were all the things. I think this would have been 2012, 2013, sometime around that um, where we taught people to code building their own product ideas. Um, Fast forward a few years. I ended up teaching and working as the associate director of technology at Harvard Innovation Labs, where my job is to help basically any startup out of um, Harvard iLab with their tech. So actually, if they're a tech startup, we um, I help them with business strategy. And if they're non-tech startup, I help them with their tech. And um, I've done consulting. Um, currently, I'm back sort of doing um, private sort of social networking meets AI products. Um, but I've been teaching technology for a long time. I taught my first um, AI class. I think it was called WTF Is AI, and I believe that was back in 2016. Um, and I've been teaching uh ChatGPT. I recently uh taught that again at Harvard iLab, and I'm excited to be here.
1: Fantastic.
0: Well, Thanks we, for joining we're us. Excited
1: Will. to have you. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah just to just to add to that I think just we were chatting just before we started this just um, great to have you on our podcast and Charlotte I do this podcast around supply chain and procurement as you said so obviously that's a slightly different area to where you your background is but what we're seeing in procurement is a lot of the AI automation and certainly chat GPT coming into the conversations a lot more and there's a lot of uncertainty I think in the marketplace of what it means for those job roles and what it means for will it enhance their job role will it make them obsolete who knows but I think that goes into a wider business context so we'd really be delighted to to hear your kind of take on all of that from you know pure technology perspective
2: awesome cool so can I give like a brief overview of the current landscape because there's a few terms um that and they're all sort of brand new in the public sphere but I think understanding these four terms really makes understanding everything else much simpler absolutely there is Chat GPT. There is Chat GPT plugins. There's um, OpenAI API, and then there's GPT four. And then actually, I'm going to add a fifth term, which is just going to be um, generative AI. So, let's start with what everyone's heard the most about Chat GPT. Chat GPT, it's just a website you can go to um, when you go to the website, it opens a chat window and you can ask it basically anything. You can ask it to analyze um, data and you can ask it to analyze freeform unstructured data, which is really amazing. Now, the chat GPT interface can only take in a limited amount of data, but as we go over these other terms, that there are ways to actually feed um, ChatGPT GPT or GPT technology. Um, a lot of data, but so ChatGPT is what everyone's, um, familiar with. Again, you can feed it data or you can ask it to do really silly things, write a rap song made for a 1990s Nickelodeon commercial in the style of Rihanna there's uh, that would be a very interesting one, because there's a few things there that just don't make sense. But you can ask it to do a lot of things and get feedback on it. So if you ask it to to write you that rap song, you might say, "You know what? Actually make it a country song in the style of Tim McGraw. And it can go back and uh, it has history. It understands what you're asking. and it I'm gonna it understands what you're asking for the most part. and then we'll just do those things. So that's ChatGPT. Um, now, organizations a lot of the time aren't going to um, spe- interact directly with ChatGPT. What they will actually do is utilize OpenAI, which is the this company that made ChatGPT. It will utilize. It will. Um, these organizations will utilize their API. Basically, they will offer end users or internal users, stakeholders, applications um, that mobile applications, web applications that behind the scenes talk to uh, what we'll call chat GPT. They really talk to open AI servers and utilize this technology behind the scenes. So, and this is going to happen across industries. This is not just supply chain and procurement. Every last product, that's digital that we use today, we'll have some sort of generative AI strategy. Generative AI being the, the bucket of technologies that ChatGPT um, and all of these things fall into. Uh, and just to give an example, am I talking too long? Um, no,
0: this is fascinating, carry on No, please. no,
1: absolutely. We, okay. we need to educate our audience today. So you okay. are our main thought leader today.
2: Okay, great, good to hear. The, the lecturer in me just wants to keep on going. So, no, please.
0: brilliant, keep going, please.
2: Okay, so um, most companies will utilize ChatGPT's API, which just means, sorry, OpenAI um, APIs, because they actually offer more functionality than just what we call ChatGPT. That means, let's take an example of buying airline tickets. It's not only not unrealistic, but I would almost definitely say there will be some option to, rather than going to to a um, website and having to click, I want a flight on this state and I want my return flight on this state and I wanna go to this city, I think. You'll be able to actually, what GPT technology does is it allows you to get rid of having to structure everything. So instead you might go to a website and say, get me tickets to Miami the Thursday before Taylor Swift is playing on a weekend and you just look ahead the entire year. Find me the Thursday before Taylor Swift plays. I'm not willing to spend more than $1,000 on tickets unless Beyonce is also playing that weekend, in which case up my budget because I'm definitely seeing her too. And while we're at it, find me the ticket prices for those concerts so I can buy everything at once. And you can actually just type that into a chat window as unstructured as that. You can use incorrect grammar. And you will have sites spit back to you, hey, here are the the bundles you can get. This flight um, within your price constraints and this ticket and this ticket. And I'm sure that companies will also try to use that to have better upsells as well. But we're talking about um, the end user not being aware, necessarily, that there's any integration with ChatGPT. They're just on the travel website. And this is how things work.
0: And, and it's call- their question, is the query basically, isn't it? That's querying a database mm-hmm. without them knowing it because they're not forming what we think of as a, a software query. It's a question, isn't it? It's just a, a language question.
2: Exactly. And it's going to query multiple databases without the user needing to decide what database they're querying. Yeah. And so we're actually going to get it, and that's um, the newest. Um, I guess what we'll call um, add-on to ChatGPT are these things called plugins. So mm-hmm. when I say API, when I say utilize the OpenAI API, that means a mobile app or a website that is separate from OpenAI is talking to OpenAI. So um, a, again, an end user has no idea that OpenAI is involved. They just are on some app. But what OpenAI just created are these things called plugins. Plugins exist when you go to ChatGPT. So, and now plugins are generally not available for most people. There's a, a wait list. Um, but what a plugin is, is think of it as the app store on ChatGPT. So for example, I could go onto ChatGPT. I'm on OpenAI's website and say, find me real estate in California with an indoor waterfall in the living room and green walls in the bedroom. And it will say, okay, do you want to use the Zillow um, plugin uh, or the Redfin plugin or whatever real estate plugin? And then you'll, it will actually connect with Zillow's databases. Um, um, there will be ways to just crawl the internet and you will never leave the chat GPT window my hunch is there are ways to there are ways where you could put links into the ChatGPT gpt plugin so it can guide you off of chat gpt we'll see how that progresses my hunch is there'll be changing rules on how that works as they see mm. how it but the idea with plugins is you're you go to chat gpt and mm-hmm. you're in that window while you're using the plugin and that's mm. brand new and almost no one has used that either from the developer side or the um, user side. We actually, so um, my, actually my company is starting to build ChatGPT plugins for um, other people. And that's just becoming a huge, huge thing. Plugins, in my opinion, are going to be what the app store was in from 2008 to 2012. Um, It's just going to be the, Don't hate me if I got the dates wrong on that. I'm not the exact, I'm not sure of the exact year that the App Store came out, but whatever year the App Store came out, plus five years, I think that's what plugins are going to be. And we're going to have plugins for everything. But a similar,
0: yeah, similar thing to Apple though, where the ChatGPT's on strategy is to keep everyone in the environment though.
2: That's a great question. I have no idea if their strategy requires keeping people in the environment yeah um, it it could be that that's their entire business model to keep people in the environment. yeah, or it could even be that they don't care because they're not a social networking um, app. At this moment in time, mm. their revenue is not made from showing you ads. So they might actually want to get you to where you want to go as quickly as possible, especially since they have significantly higher unit economics. So to, uh, and what I mean by that is, it costs much more for Chat GPT to generate some text and give that to you mm-hmm. than it costs for social networks or Google or any company to do their the general processing from one request. Right. Meaning, okay. when I give Google a request and it gives something back to me, Chat it costs Chat GPT or Open AI generally a lot more to do that. Um, so it's not clear yet what the incentive is on OpenAI to keep you in the chat GPT window. I could see it going either way where they wanna kick you out as soon as possible, or they want to, uh, in like the idea of a gym where they offer a subscription and then hope you don't use it. Or I could see it going the other way where they figure out how to monetize you while you're in chat GPT, and then they wanna keep you in. And It's just gonna be a matter of seeing the business develops it's
0: incredibly interesting because i think it's the first time that you know the general public if you like has had access to some form of ai tool where they can really see it in front of their eyes working but then it's straight away added the question well this is a free service that everyone's been given what's the strategy to monetize it um as the next stage of this and you know there's going to be something coming whether it's harvesting of data or Um, you know, whatever that might be. It's just interesting to speculate, I suppose, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. And it's, we like to, a lot of people speak about open AI as if they're in a vacuum and they're really not. There's certainly a lot of unknown players now, but every known player is developing a strategy. Google, Facebook, Amazon, I'm sure. And... This actually brings me to that fourth buzzword, which is this um, concept of models and the notion of generative AI. So open AI is one player and the primary player at this moment in the generative AI space. That means generating text, generating images, generating video, generating anything. Um, What ChatGPT does not do is Look at the internet and then give you the most similar text, or even give you relevant text. every single time it is generating text. It is generating something new. And that that the whole thing is called generative AI. so Google, um everyone's talking about they screwed up because Google did screw up when they presented um, their um their AI. I can't remember. I I think it's called Bard or is Bard Facebook's AI? Bard AI. Um, Yeah, it's Bard. Um, There's so many names going around now. This is one of the more embarrassing things for me. I suck at remembering names um, and I remember concepts. So I get names wrong all the time. But yeah, so Google has this thing called Bard and they demoed it and it made a huge mistake. It had some inaccuracy. I don't remember the exact thing, but it had it said something wrong when they asked it like its first query live ever. And so people are talking right now as if Google's in a lot of trouble and Google has a lot of risk. I, I certainly can't remember a time where there was a question, will Google succeed? What Sam Altman, who's the um, current CEO of open has said, and I think people aren't giving this a lot of credence, but it's very true is Google can respond to open AI. And they probably will. Let's not forget the front page of Google is, everyone is there all the time. So if the second, now Google is very famous for not adding that much information to their front page. So if you look at Yahoo over the years, and I haven't been on Yahoo in years, but the last time I went on Yahoo, it bombards you with so much information and the search bar is in the center, but it's not the primary thing you see.
0: it's like with Edge as well, where you've got all the news stories and feeds of all the adverts and stories and all sorts.
2: Right. And so Google is famous for never changing. Just having that, you know, you can input some information and then say, search the web or I'm feeling lucky. I don't know if they still have I'm feeling lucky, but. They just have that one place to enter text. If Google is really in trouble they will probably, they can just add another search there called chat. And then that instantly gives them more eyes than are on OpenAI right now. So it's not just that OpenAI got this first mover advantage and now Google is screwed. There's going to be a lot of back and forth in this game. Um, and I have no idea who will come out on top. Let's forget OpenAI is backed, uh, let's not forget OpenAI is backed by Microsoft. Interesting. They've got quite a bit of spending power.
1: And a lot of companies are currently going, doing a lot more with Microsoft, more than ever. I was, so I'm wondering in to what extent you think um, just this um, chat GPT in in, in general or or what we were just talking about, the plugins, the open AI, how it's going to impact industry per se. I know many are just looking at the metaverse, but I was just wondering in, in terms of, um Tips on how to get started for industry professionals.
2: Right OK, great question, and this is why I'm so glad we went over the API and plugins. So. The last thing to go over the most relevant thing for industry is that open AI has different what are called models. Um, the buzzword for this is um, LLM, which stands for large language model, and basically it's. A contained software program that it's what you talk to in Chat GPT, and there are different versions. so when Chat GPT first came out, it utilized um, I believe Gpt three point five and they just came out with something called Gpt four, which you have to have um, a pro membership to Chat GPT to get this. but GPT four is very good at analytical tasks and you can use. And so in the industry, so are you talking about the supply chain procurement industry or just? How does this affect? That was
1: going to be my next question. Firstly, industry, but because the the buzzword, of course, industry, but ultimately I'm curious also for our listeners today on the whole supply chain procurement element, um, how they get tips, how they can get started, but also how it would benefit them.
2: Okay. yeah, so great question. And the first thing I'll say is, Honestly, no idea. And no one has any idea. We all speculate. Um, and this is one of those things where there are so many experts on the thing and a large fraction of the experts are just going to be wrong. If you go back one week ago, no one had any idea that chat GPT would release these things called plugins. There was mm-hmm. people knew there would be extended functionality, but no one knew the, the way it would go. And so it's kind of like trying to predict the ending to lost. When you're still on season one, um, for all the the people in the audience who remember that show Lost, it was just everyone every week had a, a new theory.
0: I still don't know what happened, actually.
2: <laughs> I know what happened. I don't love it, but it's it, uh, that's another podcast. I would love. Oh yeah. I always go on these podcasts and talk about tech. No one's ever asked me to just come on and talk about TV. That's my. Oh, my we could
0: definitely do that. Then. I'm <laughs> sure, it's <Yeah>. another conversation. <laughs>
2: yeah. The um. Okay, so industry in general. Here are my general here are my thoughts. Um lots of people will lose their jobs. Hands down. Lots of new jobs will be created. And I'm gonna go into these things. I'm not just gonna say these things and leave it at that. Lots of people will lose their jobs, lots of new jobs will be created, and lots of jobs will stay, and either the practitioners of those jobs will get superpowers. From chat GPT or the fundamental nature of those jobs will change so let's do a deep dive into some of those lots of jobs will go away I already know and so the bottom end of freelancers are done they they're either done or they're adapting the I have If you wanted to make just a WordPress plugin, the, you could go on Fiverr, you could hire an Upwork, you could hire a temp, you can have your team say, Hey, make this WordPress plugin, whatever it is. I know several people who were very good at hiring contractors to do WordPress plugins, they went on chat GPT and just said, write me a WordPress plugin for this, and it works, and it's easy, and they tell you what to do, so you actually learn WordPress better. So, I have very little doubt in my mind that right now, um, you know, front end of websites um, is often divided up amongst different teams. Some tasks go to development teams. Some tasks are with marketing. Every now and then there's you know. Ops have different tasks in it. A lot of these tasks that would have previously been developers will shift because you can just go to Chat GPT and type something in and it will give you back how to create literally just copy and paste this into WordPress.
0: Okay. So when you say freelance, do you mean freelance coders and developers
2: more than I mean freelance across industry? So coders was my first example of how you would so. Just the end of that story is, it's unlikely to me that you are going to hire simple coding developers anymore for one-off tasks, um, at least straightforward one-off tasks. Um, Let's take lawyers. Um, It used to be, there's um, transactional attorneys, specifically in startup space. Um, In startup space, so startup attorneys, a lot of them are just going to either switch what they focus on or... The nature of their job will change because no one's going to them to write terms and agreements anymore to write uh, to make modifications to contracts it's so easy to use chat gpt to make contracts that specify terms and i i already know um so many people who have not hired lawyers when previously they would now obviously there will still be lawyers i think on the lower end um so i think on the lower end, a lot of attorneys, their new job will be. Am I allowed to curse on this?
0: Yeah, I don't think it's made for kids. We hit the it's not made for kids, but when we upload it to YouTube. So I think go ahead. is
2: one curse, but I, I, I think it's a, I think did chat GPT fuck up is going to be the like what a lot of lawyers, for example, will be brought in to do. So rather than having to spend right. drafting something or long conversations, company will say you know what i even have confidence in this i don't really think i need an attorney but you know no one ever got fired for hiring ibm it's against your own job to get that attorney to come in and give you the go-ahead and i think we'll start seeing things like that with accountants um and i think we'll, we'll start seeing a lot of different things i i think I don't wanna get too in the weeds. I think accountants have a a better outlook now than um, attorneys at that lower level of transactional stuff. Um, I don't wanna get too into the weeds, but I think so many things, oh, obviously designers. Um, Contract design will still happen, but only to people who deeply care about quality and uniqueness or are stuck in the past Um, Or don't want to have to deal with the headache, but so many people uh, will stop getting designers. I'm probably actually not one of them, um, but a lot of other—at least, it it depends on the task. But you're going to see this thing where the lower tier of consultants are out of jobs. Um,
0: Is that what? Is it sort of that's almost predicting the end of the gig economy then? Because I don't think it's
2: the end of the gig economy. I think it's a changing nature of the gig economy. Okay. I think, so, if you go, for example, on a website like Fiverr right now, there are people who say we will build X for you using ChatGPT, yeah, and or using Dolly Two or Midjourney, which are uh, two image generation um, platforms. I don't think it's the end of the gig um, economy. I think a lot of free uh, contractors will be out of work, and the remaining contractors. Will adapt to produce more work. And then I think on the higher end, I think they'll command a lot more because if you're going to a designer and saying, "I don't want to use Chat GPT, inherently, you care about the design, and that will actually have a premium cool. So that's how I think it will change the industry generally. So a lot of so a lot of jobs, just to recap my first thing, a lot of jobs, will go away a lot of jobs will appear so there will now be you know managers of ai people there will be ai implementers there is this notion of this concept called prompt engineering now are, are either of you familiar with this prompt engineering
1: no prompt. Yeah. no Not yet.
2: So, so people are saying prompt engineering is going to be the new seo sem spe, uh, specialist concept where And the idea boils down to AI is better if you prompt it with better information. So if I say, write a parody episode of The Office, it'll give you okay stuff, but it'll be very generic. If I say, write a parody episode of The Office where Eminem comes in and seeks a job as a rapper working for Jim, and Dwight has a problem with profanity in the workplace, it will give you a whole episode. And you can even say, I don't know how Angela will be involved, but I I want her in this episode, so so give her something. And it will understand that her character on the show was uptight and put something in with that. And I've actually done this with The Office many times. I've done many screen shares where I've tried to show people what ChatGPT can do. And I switch back and forth from Shakespearean sonnets two episodes of The Office. The main thing here though to keep in mind. Sorry, what was the the question we were
0: well, going back to how will it affect industry in general? I think we're probably going to refine it down to procurement, but I'm really at this stage it's sort of, well, but how- i
1: I think in terms of refining it down to procurement, I think this is just an amazing opportunity for mm-hmm. for all of the buyers globally for all of the supply chain experts or you name it i t vendor managers partner managers i t governance uh, procurement governance um I think this is just probably the 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 next tool where you can have that that um, chatbot that is then really amplified with AI within your industry to also do searches for suppliers, right? you can this could be the next generation of supplier searches um, using the open AI and what you were just talking about um, the prompt engineering. this could I think be a huge platform, a huge opportunity for, for cost reductions at the end of the day. Um, if you want to, of, of course you're talking about, um, the, the jobs in this market, uh, in, in this space, um, how it will frame the future of AI, creating new jobs, bringing new jobs. But I think on the other hand, especially for supply chain and procurement, this could be an opportunity for, um, more. Uh, Negotiation power, value creation more than ever in this space. I know that over the last years, especially in supply chain, we've gone through this whole supply chain crisis, especially now more than ever. All of a lot of contracts in the digital field have just increased in in, in price. And when I look at the results over the last few months, we are talking about an average of 20, 25% cost increases of contracts. And I think this could be an opportunity for for companies to have a new Google per se, a new plugin solution to find suppliers for companies to maybe find ways how, how to reduce costs at the end of the
2: day. Right, so you mentioned negotiation. Yeah. So before this, I actually went on ChatGPT to talk to it about mm-hmm. your industry, about supply chain and procurement. And one of the things it mentioned is I'll read to you from ChatGPT itself, automated negotiation, the OpenAI API can be utilized to create chatbots or virtual agents capable of engaging in real-time negotiations with suppliers. These AI-driven agents can analyze contract terms, respond to counteroffers, and propose <laughs> new terms that meet the company's goals and procurement guidelines. And so, and that was one of a list of things that ChatGPT spoke about within your industry. And so you mentioned prompt engineering, Charlotte, and I realized I never actually said what prompt engineering is. And this is important to not only the supply chain and procurement industry, but all industries. Prompt engineering is this concept of engineering better prompts, what it sounds like. So tell it, give it a specific the office prompt as opposed to um, just write an episode of the office. People are saying this will be the new SEO specialist. I think that prompt engineering will be a required skill, at least in the short term. I actually think it's going to be very ubiquitous. So I do think your average, I, I think there will be within supply chain an internal lexicon and an internal sort of, if you're in supply chain, you know, the supply chain prompts and you know how to use ChatGPT better for supply chain. I don't know that prompt engineering as a profession is going to remain a valid tool. The, in the same way, there used to be classes on how to use Google, on how to use search. Now it's, and maybe there still are, I'm not sure, but it's very ubiquitous. A vast majority of people, they might take a class on Google advertising, but not on how do I search for something? And so I think that's going to be the way of open, of generative AI. I think most people will be very good at prompt engineering, and then within procurement and utilization, there will be special prompts that industry people know and are easily um, look upable. To me, change... Are you both still there? Uh, both of your screens went blank.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah, let's just uh, cover it around. Yeah, there we go, that's fine. All
2: right, so to me, um, what I think will change a lot of industries is, uh, and definitely supply chain and procurement is, Remember I discussed GPT-4, which is very good at analyzing a lot of unstructured data. I think you will be able to analyze a lot of unstructured data all at once. And there are um, ways to do this. There's, I don't want to go too into the weeds. These things called like um, Lama Index and, and Langchain, which basically allow you to add a lot of your own internal data to chat GPT-esque interfaces. So, you could plug in a ton of contracts for example, um and say, and then have a universal question, "Hey, what are our vendor terms with this vendor? If I submit an order today, will we receive in time okay. and it will query your own contracts, your own data and with that um uh so for example, Max, I believe you had said there was You know, this uh, trying to look across the supply chain and make it more environmentally friendly.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge piece of work where they'll look at, you know, you could work with a company who might have 7000, 10,000 different vendors they're using. Every single one of those has an impact on that company in terms of the emissions and what they're doing environmentally when they interact with that company. There's a lot of reporting being done around that and most companies don't know where to start. It's another database query in effect, but where, what is the prompt? What do you ask it?
2: Well, that's not quite as simple yet because Mm. it's not only when you're looking at internal things, it's not only what's the prompt, it's what's the data and Mm. how is that data indexed? So you can give it a ton of spreadsheets and and certain things, and then ask questions about it. Um, Let's give a general question. Where Where can we reduce our environmental impact? And then it will probably, it'll give you something general. And then you can say, I think there's something in our supply chain from when it goes to location A to location B that is causing a huge strain, but I can't figure out what it is. Any ideas? And you'll be able to ask it this now I'm actually not, people talk about how you can add your own data and it's just as good as chat GPT with what they've crawled, um, I'm not convinced it's even close to as good yet, but we're getting there hands down, um, we are getting there, but right now the process of adding your own data, that's a developer intensive one. So there's an example of jobs being created you you need some developer someone who knows how to do these things yeah. over time again that could become an ops function um it, someone might create a standard tool you know datify.com. i'm making that up if there is a datify.com, that's not this thing but like take take your data put it into just submit it to a form and boom now it's completely crawlable with chat gpt but it's all about um get getting your data in there which which can be done i just don't think it's as easily queryable as people claim it is but it will be
0: Oh, that's absolutely fascinating and the the the, what you can do for procurement there i mean it's talking about that again that gig economy the freelancers there is a whole tranche of freelancers that work right across procurement in the same way as you're talking about with designers and freelance coders that are brought in for specific jobs they're not employed by that company they come in to do a specific role and then they go off again there's a whole low level in procurement of looking at supplier data looking at pricing looking at comparing pricing together some of that is a lot of data intensive work that because that data is not structured it's down to the individual to look at now from I think what you're saying there there'll always be this whether it's the 20 percent five percent of knowledge expert that's always needed to configure the prompts, to tell the tools what to look for, but there's a whole other percentage now that could be covered by tools that can crawl over the data.
2: Sorry, I'm not sure what the, was there i
0: a... um, I'm just sort of, yeah, I'm speculating, but I mean, so that's where we're at now, but I can see this all coming through further and further into the procurement space and all of the other areas as well, because of its ability to, actively crawl over data and pull out things that a lot of the lower level roles will do across all different sectors. I mean, specifically procurement here, but there's, I can just see how that's gonna affect pretty much every sector, every job role, certainly those lower levels.
2: I, yeah, I agree. So there's a company called, I can't remember if it's the company or the product, but Confluence, which is sort of Wikipedia for organization information. If I were them, like what I would be doing right now is making a huge generative AI project because they're going to have so much competition, um, unless they just add it as a feature to what they're doing already. But um, just looking for uh, information within an organization is going to become so much more simpler across. In fact, it'll become so simple That I think making sure incorrect parties don't have access to certain information is going to become a lot more important, um, at least in um, enterprise for sure.
1: Well, Philip, thank you so much for your time this morning. I learned a tremendous amount. What is there to come, especially for the future? in in the upcoming months and I mean we th- this is such a relevant topic it really just started I would say becoming relevant for industry just end of last year so we're just a few months da- down the line as, as of now so thank you for your time today and and for feeding us with, with so many uh, new facts I think now Max and I have, have a lot to uh, take with us and all of the listeners today as well um, I would say if there are no other uh, questions, Max, then maybe we uh, leave it as 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 of now with with this great knowledge that we've just gained. Um, and for our listeners, thank you for 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 tuning in, for listening in. If you have any questions, you know where to find us.
2: And uh, Charlotte, I'm sorry, I'm so used to lecturing, I forgot to plug what I'm working on now at the beginning of this. Is it all right if I just quickly say what my company is? You're-
1: go for it, yes.
2: I'm so used to lecturing where that's that's in bad taste. so, but um, just I want to let everyone know currently, my company is called Highwave. Um, we make uh, we make it easier for people to connect face to face. where a business card app and we actually make have a new type of QR code where we can um, make images, QR codes. So this is my business card. It's just a widget on my phone. GIFs so we can make moving QR codes. And we also actually have a QR code um, generator. So this is available at qzar.me where you can make QR codes that look like this. You have, and again, moving QR codes just like that. Um, so that's qzar.me is that website. And then highwave.co, H-I-W-A-V-E dot C-O is the business card widget. And I will also say, although I'm I'm not going to speak about it now, we are doing a lot of work with generative AI um, in the meeting in the real world space. So look out for that. And thanks for having me on this. uh, Thanks again, Phil.
0: It's been absolutely fascinating. Um, I could speak to you for hours. So thanks very much again for your time. Um, We'll certainly put those links in the descriptions where we post this so people know where to find you. Um, And I'd love to see that uh, episode of The Office. Yeah. (laughs)
2: I'll send you the script. Like I said, I generated a whole script for it, so I'll send it to you. Brilliant.
0: Love to see it. Thanks again for your time. Thank you,
1: Phil. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
0: The Global Business Insights podcast from PS Learning, featuring your hosts, Dr. Charlotte de Brabant and Max Kent bringing you the leading global experts and thought leaders from all industry sectors to give you cutting edge key insights into the future of business technology and thought leadership